listening to a podcast from Light FM. It is the Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry, and today's episode of Malaysian Mysteries, Mysterious Cases. We are with our guest Greg Jenkins, who has dedicated the last six years of his life looking for answers behind the disappearance of his mother Anna Purani Jenkins. Um, Greg, tell us a little bit about your mom. Um, so, mum was a, an absolutely beautiful human. She uh, she was one of those people that. Um, she dedicated her life um, to helping people. So around here in um, in Adelaide where we live, um, you know, mum was um, doing work with, uh, she started her own charity. Um, she helped refugees. She would help them find a house, um, get them set up, would often um, cook big batches of, um, of curry. She was an amazing cook. Uh, she'd have these massive pots. She would just cook it, put it into containers, and then she would drive around to the homeless um, she would sit there, say a prayer with them, feed them, clothe them. She would give them the, the money that, um, that she had. Yeah. And, and as a mum, she was very childlike in terms of just wanted to be involved with us kids. Um, she'd always come out and try and play cricket. She, she didn't really like sport, but she, she did, um, mm-hmm. like take me to, to my games and, and stuff like that. Um, just an absolutely beautiful soul. Greg, your your mom's from Penang, and in 2017, she came back to Penang to visit your grandma. That was when she went missing. Could you take us through what you know about the day she disappeared? So just quickly, so mum, mum and dad um, usually come to Malaysia you know, four to six times a year to visit grandma. Sometimes mum travels by herself. Sometimes, uh, or a lot of times, her and dad would um, would go together. So. Um, I was a, uh, away overseas at the time. Um, mum, since 2000, mum has been seeing a dentist, um, in Penang on Jalan Burma. Um, so she went in there just for a, um, a real basic. There was no anesthetic, no nothing. Um, she was getting a, a retainer fitted. She had an appointment at, um, at about 3.30. So dad's got cancer. Um, he's got heart problems. So he wasn't feeling well, so he stayed in the hotel. So mum caught a taxi, um, attended the appointment, and then she got into a Uber. And that's, that's pretty much the, the last. So the last known location of mum was at the dentist. Once she walked out of the door from there, everything just is pretty, pretty clouded. After your mum went missing, you spent so much time and hundreds of thousands of dollars in your efforts to find it. Can you walk us through the process of gathering all of that information in your attempts to actually solve her disappearance? It was quite evident um, from around about January um, 2018 that the police weren't going to do anything. We continually were asking, like, where have you searched? Um, what have you done, etc." cetera? Um, I said, can you put a... A, um, a thing in the newspaper. Can you put stickers up on the bus? Um, anything to get the word out about where mum is and they, they refused. Um, so that, that quickly kind of set the tone of, of, you know, we, we had to, to pretty much do it ourselves. Um, so I've got a, um, a friend. I know a lot of the reports say we hired a private investigator. We don't have the money to hire a private investigator. It was just a friend of mine, um, like a, a one of my best mates, he, he owns a, um, a private security company, uh, and they do a lot of work in Southeast Asia, um, with his team. So I basically just reached out to them to go, Hey, what do I do? Cause the only thing 
I know how to do is what I've seen on, on TV. Um, so we kind of started uh, splitting up the area of the entire Malaysia. So I'd search for two weeks, go flat out, come back, have a quick sleep, fly back to Malaysia, and then split up the next area. And we basically worked our way the whole way around, uh, around Malaysia. So to date, we've traveled over a hundred, uh, hundred thousand kilometers around Malaysia. Um, we've put up 13 and a half thousand posters, banners, flyers, um, all around the place. Um, you know, we've, we've walked through sewers, um, through rivers. You know, the, the, the stuff that we've done, I, I'd never wish for anyone to do, like having to, um, you know, the flood drains. Um, so the street drains that is, uh, that are huge. So I managed to work out a way of, so I just had a, um, a crowbar from the car and you could lift up the grates, jump in it. And then you can, so I've managed to go through. I worked out why it floods so much there is because that's full of shit. So I've, like I've, yeah, I've seen mice. It looked like they were doing like a chest press weights workout because they were huge. Um, yeah, but you know, all, all of these things like and searching. We thought early on that this is what the, the Malaysian police would have done. Every day we're visiting between 75 to 100 police stations. So that was our main thing was hospitals, police stations, um, religious institutions, um, and populated areas where we could get the, um, get the story out. Um, I've had to go through morgues in Penang. There's a undetermined foreigner morgue that's set up um, separate to the hospital where, you know, if, if remains get found and there's no there's no identifying features, occasionally they'll go to this place. So um, we spoke to the doctor in charge there and he let us go through. There's a massive filing cabinet and you can flip through and and if we got a type of match, we go and see that. It's like, well, no, that's not mum. Um, and, and, again, all, all of these things that, that should have been done. After almost three years of searching and spreading the word about your mum's disappearance, you received a tip-off from a construction worker who'd found some of your mum's possessions at a building site in Penang. You went there, and then you found more of her possessions and her remains in the rubble. Can you take us through that? So we went out to the construction site. Uh, We parked the car. We walked out, um, so over the rocks, past the little pond. Uh, I said, whereabouts? Um, did you find Mark's remains? And he pointed um, up the hill. I walked up the hill, and this is all within two minutes of us parking the car there. Within that two minutes, I find Mum's shoe. As soon as I walk up there, I find another another shoe, which I know was Mum's. Uh, so Mum's only got tiny feet. I know the shoes that she wears. She doesn't like doing laces, so she normally has a, a Velcro or a zip. Um, I found mum's other shoe and I also found some coins. Um, so Australian, Malaysian and some Singapore coins because mum and dad always stop at Singapore airport before flying into, into Penang. So then you walked to another part of the site, which you returned to the next day. What, what happened then? It was weird. I was sitting on the, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of that rock wall. Um, yeah, so the security guard let me in, um, and then he came in with me, and I said, just give me a couple of minutes. Uh, and so I just went up, sat on the rocks, uh, and was just saying a prayer. And it was the 
the weirdest thing, and I don't believe in like signs or anything like that. Um, but the whole that whole area where we found Mum's remains, it filled with like these black and blue uh, butterflies. Um, like it was just like a swarm of them were just around that area. And then I looked down, and that's where I've, I found Mum's vertebrae. Um, I rang up the police and finally told them this is an embarrassment. This is going to the High Commission. It's going to the Foreign Minister. I'm telling everyone that you guys are, you know, we've found remains, we've found possessions that you guys have missed, and that was a catalyst for the Book of Demand forensic team to come down. The forensic team came down, um, and we ended up, so all up, um, between myself and the Book of Demand forensic team, we found 30, 34 or 36 remains and fragments. I can't even imagine that scenario. Could you walk us through what was going through your mind at that time? Uh, I can. It, it, uh, apologies if I get emotional. Uh, it, it's not hard for me to talk about, you know, finding mum stuff, etc. It's hard for me to fathom that, you know, I was, I was so close. Uh, and if the police had just done their job, and did a walk of the area, you know, it, it breaks my heart to know that, you know, I've potentially walked past mum. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to find it when the police just abandoned it. And it, it like I walked into that jungle area and it's still, like I, I carry the weight of that failure. You know, when, when I've needed mum, she's always there. And when she needed me, I, I failed her on that part. And, and sorry, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I'll never let go. What does justice for your mum look like to you? This stems bigger than mum now. It, it's a difficult one to answer because we never had any justice for mum at any step of the way. And when we talk about justice in the, in the larger sense, um, so we, we then look at, well, what are the SOPs for the Malaysian police to deal with missing persons? What are the SOPs for dealing with international cases? What's the technology that they have when you're talking about, you know, um, remains? So when, when we talk about justice, that justice has to come in terms of reform. And this is thinking larger picture. The, the system is that broken. And that's a sad part. I don't know what justice looks like in Malaysia. I, I can't imagine what it feels like to be in your position. So I guess... My, tough, very tough. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess my final question to you is, how is your family doing right now and how are you doing? We just take each, each day as it comes uh, and that's all you can do. Like, Dad's really, really ill and we, we've kind of lost both mum and dad during this process. Um, so Dad was okay and then as soon as we found mum's remains... He instantly, you're talking within a couple of weeks, just went into that implosion of himself. So we, we, we struggle each day. Um, but you know, we do things for each other and we try and help, um, other people like mum would, um, which then gives us the strength in it. Uh, one thing that helps us go forward is I just wanted to say like a massive thank you to people like yourself, as well as like Malaysian locals. So when I, come to Malaysia, um, you know, there, there was a time when um, just after I found Mum's remains, 
you know, I was, I was just absolutely heartbroken. Couldn't stop crying, didn't want to eat, didn't want to talk to anyone. And a friend of a friend, never met them before in my life. Uh, and this, this speaks highly of the Malaysian people. Like him and his um, wife knew that I was having a hard time just through talking with a, a mutual friend. Got my number, sent me a message going, come to our house. Let's just have a, an evening where you can just forget about everything. If you want to cry, cry. If you don't want to cry, don't cry. Um, we're having dinner. So even drove out, picked me up, uh, and then took me out to, um, to his place. And that just speak volumes of, you know, the, the amount of empathy that's in the local population. You know, that's, that's what keeps driving us forward. And then there's so many people that are going through very similar, probably not, not as drastic as mum, but having so many issues with justice. Uh, within Malaysia and, and I guess that that's what kind of drives us to go well we could stop here uh, and then concentrate on our own lives but that just moves mum to a to a statistic it just moves her to a number and nothing changes um, you know we, 2017 to 2021 nearly 11,000 people were reported missing that, that's a huge huge issue like and again everyone just goes ah oh, Malaysia love and, and I'd and that's what drives us to keep going is we don't accept the average and the normal anymore. Uh, and if, if we stop now, then what, what, what's the point? Uh, and mum, mum's death has to stand for something. Thank you so much for mm. joining us here today and speaking with us. That's our guest today for the Malaysian Mysteries, Mysterious Cases. Um, Greg Jenkins, who has dedicated the last six years of his life looking for answers behind the disappearance of his mother, Anna Purani. You can listen to this interview again on the Light Breakfast Podcast. That's on the Shock app. That's S-Y-O-K. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.